Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Market View on Money FM 89.3. It is a Monday afternoon. I'm Clarissa Montero, joined in the studio by JP Ong, our finance presenter. And you know what? I don't know about you and your weekend, but I have absolutely no idea what possessed me to play that song at the start. Leading it to market view. <laughs> My turn to say that, oh, I wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the STI right now is at 2,535 points, up 0.27%. That's, I suppose, a good way to start the week. Now, it, it could be worse, right? A near seven-point gain, we'll take that, if that's how we start off this new week, especially after we saw a, a four-day losing streak last week, uh, in the last uh, seven days, and also Friday, you, you saw it uh, change practically flat. You know, a seven-point gain is going to be welcome. Uh, 2,535, you are correct, is the level where the STI is, is sitting now, 513.5 million Singapore dollars in total trades have changed hands, and there are 199 gainers across uh, the SGX against 140. 48 total losers. So generally, the sentiment at least favors, uh, uh, is favoring um, an uptick at least, or a slow and steady inching up for markets here. And that's the same story across the rest of the region. The Nikkei 225 today up by about 0.2%. You've got the ASX 200 in Australia also up by that amount. The Sydney benchmark trading about 11 points higher. The South Korean Kospi rising by about 17 points despite warnings from their government that they might have to brace for one of the, for another uh, serious bout of COVID-19 infections that are rising in that country, um, they are mulling or considering whether or not they will enact some of the strictest lockdown measures or reenact them once again to try and get the virus under control. But nevertheless, you're seeing South Korean stocks trading higher. The Taiwan-weighted stock exchange also up by 0.4%. And while the Shanghai Composite is trading about 0.1% higher, there is some uh, relatively stronger action out in Shenzhen out and out in Hong Kong today. The Shenzhen Bourse up by 1.4%. The Hang Seng trading about 1.5% higher. On a day where you're seeing muted gains, this is probably where most a lot of the action is happening. And for two main reasons also. One is that in the Shenzhen Bourse, they have enacted a major and a significant uh, reforms, at least, on the their Chinex board, which is what they are trying to prop up as the as a Chinese Nasdaq or as their tech benchmark, they are going to relax the regulations with regards to f- uh, firms that want to list on the Chinex board, and they are also going to relax some of the trading bans, which is why you're seeing that the Shenzhen board is trading higher today. Now it's very interesting because the Shenzhen, uh, the Chinex board in Shenzhen is trying to position position itself as mainland or Greater China's Nasdaq, but keep in mind that Shanghai has the Star board as well, which they opened up, which also had a very, very strong start when they started trading in the, in the last couple of months. These two might go head-to-head. And mind you that Hong Kong has also launched their own tech board. So now mainland China, greater China itself, has not one, not two, but three contenders that are trying to position themselves as the tech benchmark. Now, there's a lot of Chinese uh, companies that are listed in the U.S. and tech companies specifically that are looking to at least uh, reloc- relocate or reposition themselves or rebalance themselves with either dual listings or a complete uh, transfer of their list from the Nasdaq or the New York Stock Exchange to mainland China. But now the question is, where would you list? Because the Shanghai Star Board has been very aggressive. The Chinex Board in Shenzhen has also been has, has shown that they are not willing to go down without a fight. And you've also got that Hong Kong Tech Board. But nevertheless, it's it's just a matter of where the, these uh, companies, these possible IPOs might try to flow towards. Some might say it's a good problem to have, but you might see these three indices start to duke it out significantly. One reason why the Hang Seng 
Tang is also trading higher today is because there are reports that Alibaba investors in the U.S. are starting to swap out their Nasdaq-listed shares for the listings out in Hong Kong, which is pushing that stock up. And Tencent also having a very, very strong uh, session into a session this Monday after the U.S. government uh, assuaged uh, American companies in in uh, mainland China that, or in Greater China, that any any crackdown or any restrictions on we on WeChat for payments will be done to a minimum. The scope won't be as as punishing as uh, as once thought. So perhaps uh, you know. So so this at least returning some some exuberance at least out in Hong Kong and in Shenzhen. But this is a tech driven rally. It seems out in Greater China, and at least it's helping buoy and assuage markets across the region. Singapore, the Straits Times Index, as you mentioned, up by about five and a half points today, and it's not it's not the it's not booming or bustling as bustling as what's happening in Shenzhen, Hong Kong. But nevertheless, we at least are starting off this week in the green. That uh, tank rally you're talking about in China, how much of that do you think has to do with the Nasdaq rally on Friday? Um, you know, I don't think so because actually, you know, the it might have a little bit to do with it because if the valuations in the, on the Nasdaq are are if if the, if you're starting to see the valuations push up, then you know it could actually carry over to some of the tech uh, tech listings in Hong Kong. But I think what people are really watching out for is that if there is a decoupling, because mind you, that the U.S. has put a lot of pressure on these Chinese. Chinese firms that are listed in, in in New York or in in the U.S. to tighten their accounting standards to make sure that they are not security concerns. This could push a lot of a lot of Chinese companies that are looking to list in the U.S. or are already listed in the U.S. to reconsider whether they want to stay on Wall Street and perhaps just relocate back to mainland China and Greater China because there's a lot of liquidity within the Chinese markets already that could rival what's happening in the U.S. and they might be able to at least stay within the good graces of uh, of Beijing or try to escape the wrath of Washington, D.C. if it starts to wrap up, if it starts to to ramp up. But nevertheless, there's still a lot of Chinese companies that are also are st- keeping the faith, at least, in U.S. markets. We have uh, a num- we, ha- we have electric car makers, for instance, like NIO, that are looking to list out in out in uh, out in the U.S. And, uh, you know, the, you know, um, there's there's all these currents at the moment. They're, they are connected. But I think the, the big factor to watch out for with regards to the Nasdaq and Chinese tech stocks is this decoupling that might happen between the two. Mm. All right. Well, back here in Singapore, um, the the news that we're going to start opening some green lanes with Malaysia, Brunei, New Zealand might give some help to sets. Their uh, <sighs> Q1 numbers were not pretty. Well, not pretty, but also it wasn't uh, totally unexpected, right? Oh, sure, Sats. I mean, this, they are one of the uh, they are one of the preeminent uh, ground handling and air airline service providers out there. They fell into the red, and you're talking about a 43.7 million Singapore dollar net loss in the first three months of their fiscal of their of their fiscal year, which is uh, basically their f- fiscal first quarter is April to June. And and this against a, a profit after tax and minority interest of about 54.7 million Singapore dollars a year ago. They have said that they, they have done already, they have tried to enact a reduction. They have tried to cut group expenditures, but that was still outpaced by the fall in revenue, which fell, where, where they saw revenues fall by 54% year on year in those three months, 209.4 million Singapore dollars in, in, in revenues for that period, and also been driven uh, not ex- not 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 uh, unexpectedly from the decline in both their gateway services and food solutions segments aviation revenue fell by about 72.9% and gateway services revenue plunged by almost 68% for the most part and and all of this was in and this all happened despite the fact that sats was 
SATs cut their group expenditures by almost 40%. That was not enough to offset the decline and also to offset this uh, significant loss that they suffered also. Um, they, uh, not, not surprisingly, no, uh, SATs did not declare a dividend for that, quarter, for, for that particular quarter, and they are going to start paying dividends on a semi-annual basis. Uh, f- um, so we'll have to see if they, if they actually decide to do that. When the when the full six months uh, when the first six months of their fiscal year actually ends, which is on September 30, and hopefully we'll get some more guidance from those from the folks at Sats. But uh, not a pretty report card. Let's hope that the green lanes will actually help them out. But uh, remember, Bru- uh, Brunei, not even a million people, I believe. New Zealand, four and a half million people. We don't know how much help that will actually give these it airlines. Re- well, it's a start. but you know what trickles better than a drought, right? Yeah, it's a start, and and yeah. if it works out with those green lanes, then maybe oh Australia as well. Except for uh, Victoria. There you go. There you go. Because Victoria's been naughty. The the errant Spice Girl, right? (laughs) (laughs) The errant Spice Girl has been a bad girl. All right. Now, this is one of the earliest stories that I read this morning when I actually was paying attention to the markets. Aspen shares and their surge. It was quite a a big surge. Yes. uh, Aspen surge. And they're still doing pretty well. Absolutely. And I do want to check in on Aspen shares. Take take a look at this. Not only are they up and not only did they surge by almost 71% a day, they have risen to about 35 cents a piece. They are also the third most heavily traded offer on the entire SGX. That means there are more, there's more value value turnover happening on Aspen as compared to, say, Singtel, DBS, OCBC. They're only being trumped by the folks at Wilmar and Vicplas International, which is another stock that's also seeing a very amazing run in today's session. Aspen, though, but far and away one of the best performers on the entire STI. And this has prompted the SGX to ask them, what is going on? They're now up to 35 cents, as we mentioned. And this Malaysia based developer was trading up by about 58.5% as of 10.45am. We've seen them actually go from strength to strength. The thing is, there are there, they, 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 the, the Aspen has uh, earlier this month said that they are looking to possibly diversify the group's business to include the manufacturing and distribution of rubber gloves. Now, we don't have to tell our listeners about how bustling and how booming these uh, this particular segment is. Rubber glove makers in Malaysia and even their shares listening in Singapore have been performing very well. Aspen has, decided, has said that they've decided to do this. Um, but do we have any other details here? Um, Aspen has actually acquired a dormant company called Aspen Glove uh, Berhad from their president, chief executive, Murli Manokara. And I hope I got his name right there. Apologies if I butchered it. Aspen Glove also accepted the binding letter of offer from Kulim Technology Park to lease a piece of industrial land. So why would you need to do that unless you're maybe, I don't know, perhaps maybe looking to build a factory out there to build these nitro, the, 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 these rubber glove manuf- uh, these rubber glove facilities? And they've also entered a memorandum of understanding with the state government-linked company Investkeda to provide the necessary support and facilitation for the for the operation of this proposed new business. So it seems that uh, Aspen, at least, is, tr- is just putting where their money where their mouth is. They said, we want to enter this particular business, and guess what? We've already laid the groundwork. We've got the plot of land. We have some of the agreements to go ahead and build this. The question is, how quickly can they build this? Because building a factory, doesn't they don't sprung, sprout up overnight. Um, and will they be able to build this to catch, uh, to, to meet the growing demand for rubber gloves, which, as we mentioned, could actually come down or as at risk of coming down once the pandemic is brought under control. But again, there's so much uncertainty regarding that particular timeline. Perhaps Aspen has uh, time to actually to actually meet this and perhaps become a player also and take part in this. They've been they've surged, though, and a lot of interest has been driven to this particular developer that wants to get into the rubber glove business. Well, it's certainly a stock to watch for the rest of the day. Seventy percent, a 70 percent jump in prices. 
is nothing to sneeze at. Not at all. And uh, very, uh, that's also a very apt uh, description you have given over the time of the pandemic, right? <laughs> to sneeze at it. So the question is, when does the profit-taking start? Uh, that, well, uh, you know, that your guess is as good as mine. Now, when this profit-taking will actually will actually start. Vic, uh, you know, the, we, we are seeing that Aspen's been a very healthy search. Wouldn't be surprised if in the next couple of days people start to trim a little bit or give this a bit of a haircut. Um, but Aspen shares, they've been looking rather strong. And the question is, you know, a 71% uh, surge, how much of this is actually driven by a lot of this news? And how much of this, is, how, how many layers of this is actually speculation? That's something uh, you know. That's something that uh, only, only the traders can really answer at the moment. Um, but it is it's it's a significant jump. I I couldn't I couldn't say when, I couldn't say when the profit taking will start on this or say Vic Plus International, which is also up by nineteen and a half percent today. Vic Plus is a cute one because you know they did really well last week, and then the question of why and and their answer being oh no. Yeah, and you know, this is the second time this month that the SGX has actually asked them, what's going on with you folks? And Vic Plus International has also said that we're not entirely sure. All we know, and the only thing we know is that this is a company that is set to release their financial results at the end of September, at least for their full year, for their fiscal year, and that this is a company that manufactures and distributes pipes. Um, you know, the, the, These are the things that we have to go on for with Vic Plus International. But take a look at this. They are they are actually trading, have more value turnover than Aspen today, Vic Plus International. National with about 45.2 million Singapore dollars in total trades changing hands, and they were the second most heavily traded offer just behind Wilmar International, which is flat today at $4.45 a piece. That's Wilmar, and Vic Plus is at 70.5 cents. That's interesting because that is. Uh, uh, still an upward movement. If you look at the chart, that's a big, big jump. Mm, yeah, we were talking also about that that surge that we saw. Was it Thursday or Friday when they actually took that uh, that big leap, that great leap forward um, for Vic Plus International? And they're threatening to do the same thing. Perhaps today the big high flyer. You'll have to give that up to uh, to to Aspen today. But Vic Plus International, they don't seem to be slowing down either. And some of the punches they're throwing, these these uppercuts they're throwing, pretty strong. Well, it'd be fun to watch if you, if you like us, watch the markets all day. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that, is, kind of, that's how, that is how we earn our supper, right? <laughs> all right. Well, JP will be back for another Market View report at 4 or 5. He'll have the latest updates on the movements of Vic Plus and Aspen and others. So stay with us. It is Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero. He is finance presenter JP Young. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.